happy solstice, everyone, and uh, bonjour all you gardening cats and gators, too. So, hey, I hope you're having a wonderful solstice, uh, all that nice liquid sunshine out there. Oh, my God. So it's uh, it's really lucky I'm here today because I was pretty sure my wife Mary was going to kill me this morning because uh, I was I walked the dogs. I took them for about a three-mile walk this morning, and um, I always come back through this really nice field where they love to play uh, on the way home. And uh, Izzy and Leo were having fun playing, and I started talking to this really nice guy with a dog. His dog didn't want to play, but that's all right. That's the way it is. I wasn't watching my pooches while they were playing full blast out on the infield, on the field. And the infield is like a quagmire of mud right now. They were just covered with mud. I'm like, oh, this is not going to be good when I get home. (laughs) But that's how much, uh, see, if I walk in the house with dirty feet or I'm all dirty, I get big trouble. But the pooches, they could just walk right in. Oh, it's so nice to see you. (laughs) Of course, I'm the same way with them. But, uh, and uh, you know, what's really funny for all you folks that have dogs have you ever noticed that uh, you don't really notice if the house smells like a wet dog? <laughs> so my friend came over the other day and she goes, uh, your house smells like a wet dog, like I've never smelled. I go, it does. I didn't even know it. You know, you don't notice those things because you get so used to it, I guess. <laughs> hey, I'm going to be flying solo today, so I hope you'll give me a call. I know this isn't exactly gardening weather, you know, <laughs> but hey, it's good uh, talking gardening weather. So this is a good time to get that question answered. So as soon as it gets nice out, you can whip back out there and get that job done because there is tons of stuff that I need to do in my garden, but I'm not about to go out there for a little while yet. Uh but uh, so, hey, the numbers are one triple eight nine seven three Cairo, one triple eight nine seven three five four seven six. Hey, and I don't know if you uh, were watching New Day last Monday, but Ed Hume and I, uh, Ed Hume and I went head to head again. So uh, we've been having these little competitions, and this one was really, really fun. And. Uh, I got to say that I think Ed Hume is really a neat guy. You know, I've known him for years, but we've gotten to know each other a lot better. And I just think he's great. And uh, he's funnier than heck. So uh, this competition on News New Day, these are on at 11 a.m. on uh, uh, King 5. And this competition was who could come up with the best holiday gift plants. And uh, he brought a poinsettia that was so huge, and it was a hanging poinsettia. This thing must have had 12 poinsettias in it. It was so big. And and by the way, I'm sure you can get these by just going to a New Day on King 5 and write in Cisco, and I'll come right up, and you can watch it. But uh, And uh, he actually offered that to me when we were leaving, and I said, uh, my ceiling wouldn't hold this up. There's not a hook big enough for this, you know. So, 
<laughs> but uh, he did bring a really cool Cal and Coley tour. And I, I don't know if you're familiar with those Cal and Coleys, but these are special ones. I can't remember the species, sorry. But they have tons of little white, and they have orange, or they have red, or they have yellow flowers. But as I said, they're so hard to get them to rebloom, keep them alive. You got to really let them dry out in the winter and then put them outside. I've done it so many times, but I have yet to get one to come back and bloom. But Ed says he does it every year, and I believe it. So, uh, so um, all right. Well, listen, I noticed we already have a phone call. I think we have time. Maybe I'll go to that right now. Great. Hey, Jennifer from Puyallup, how are you doing? And thanks for calling. I'm pretty good, Cisco. How are you? Hey, just fantastic. Thanks. What you got going on? Question for you. Yeah, I have some invasive red sorrel in my garden, and I'm wondering if you have any tips to help me get rid of it. So what does it look like? Well, um, it sort of has um, kind of... Um, spade-shaped leaves, and I actually, I took some pictures of it and sent it to the Master Gardeners here in Puyallup, and they ID'd it for me. Oh, good. And and they basically said there's no treatment for it. So, good. I don't know, and, I'm, and I know when I pull it up, there are those long, stringy um, roots, and I'm wondering if I pull it up and the roots break, if I'm just making the problem Did- worse. Did they say it was an oxalis by any chance? I don't think so. Okay, so something with red... Yeah, they just said it's red sorrel. Oh, oh, red sorrel. Okay, I got rid of that. I got rid of red sorrel in my garden. That's edible, by the way. But just in case, uh, make sure before you eat it that you're sure that's what it is. (laughs) But... But, yeah, no, red sorrel was in my garden. And uh, now, uh, I never sprayed it because I don't spray anything. If you – and the problem with it, see, if you kill it, there's it seeds itself before it even dies. And then a million new ones come up. And that's a really severe problem that that makes it so hard because once it goes to seed, the seeds come up so easy. So what I did to get rid of it, I did two things. I pulled it. Every time I saw it, I pulled it. Now, I only had it in one small spot in my garden. And the the flowers on that are kind of like little white flowers. So if anybody does have sorrel in their garden, that might help you identify it. You can look it up on the web. But so I pulled it and pulled it and pulled it. And... uh, I had friends that said, why don't you just spray something on that? But I said, it goes to seed anyway, and there's a million seeds in the soil, so that's not going to do any good. But what I did do was I uh, mulched with wood chips. So every time I yanked that stuff, I put wood chips where it was because for weed seeds to germinate, they generally have to be hit by direct sunlight. So if you could keep covering where the seeds are and keep pulling the adults, eventually it's going to come up now and then, and you're going to have to pull it the minute you see it. But eventually you will get rid of it because if the sun can't hit those seeds because they're covered with wood chips, 
And you want to do those wood chips this time of year because it's spring. Those seeds are going to germinate. If you could do that, you could use bark, but I hate bark with a passion. I think it's lousy stuff. But if you can get wood chips from an arborist and just every year keep covering, uh, eventually you will get rid of those things. Do you have t- okay. do you have tons of it in your garden or just one area? Um, I have quite a bit of it. I have it in an ornamental bed, and I also have it in my vegetable garden, oh, growing geez. around some collard greens. Well, you know, you know that there is one other solution that'll work really good. Move in the winter time when no one seeds that wheat. <laughs> Sell your house in winter. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, I do have one more real suggestion in your vegetable garden. So you can use wood chips in your perennial gardens, in your ornamental gardens, but you don't want to use wood chips in your vegetable garden. That would be nothing but trouble. But you can go to Territorial Seed and buy these uh, plastic... Uh, mulches that you put down around your plants. So for tomato, they recommend a red one. Have you seen those? Yes. Yeah. You could use those and just poke holes where you plant your plant. You got to make sure you get water in there, you know, when you water. But um, those are pretty darn good at stopping weeds. And, um, you know, it and at least it'll help because it won't be coming up driving you out of your mind, coming up everywhere. And they're right. good for your plants. Right. So, yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I wish I was more help, but uh, you can beat that stuff, but um, it takes really perseverance like you've never seen. So good okay. luck. All right. Well, I'll try to be strong. Thank you. Okay. Fight those weeds. See you later. Thanks, Jennifer. Okay, listen, I'm going to take a break. I hope you'll give me a call, one 973 cairo one 973 And I'm going to keep talking about the really cool plants I brought that give plants because some are unusual. Right back after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. Before I go to the phones, I just want to let everybody know that uh, the Heronswood Solstice celebration scheduled for tonight is canceled. I bet I don't have to explain why. (laughs) The candles wouldn't stay lit. All right. Hey, we're going to Renton right now, and we're going to talk to Janet. Janet, how are you? Hello, Cisco. Hello. How are you? Good. Good. No, Cisco, I'm a little sad. I just received a baby cypress about seven inches tall in a coffee cup. Oh. And that's kind of plant abuse to me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, seven inches tall. It must have just got dug out. It must be a seedling just came up. Yeah. So, But uh, it was a gift. It was all, you know, wrapped in cellophane and stuff, and... Should I put it outside right away? Well, I think you have to. It's not going to survive inside no matter what you do. But what I would do if it were me, 
I would uh, pot that up. I'd get some good potting soil, get about a, at least a one-gallon pot, and I would pot it right into the one-gallon pot at the exact same depth that it comes out of that uh, little cellophane or uh, styrofoam cup it's in. So yeah. I would take it right out of that. It shouldn't hurt it to transplant it. And then uh, you could let the rain water it. That'll happen real fast. (laughs) And then I think think as long as it's in well-drained potting soil and, and the pot you put it in is like a nursery pot with good drainage or some kind of pot with good drainage, you're probably better off just leaving it out in the rain then you don't want to put it in a dark garage, something like that. And I think it should survive fine It's because if it was in the ground and it's a seedling, it's going to survive all this rain and cold fine, and it's not getting very cold out. So I think uh, you'll be fine, and it'll dry out as soon as a nicer weather come and uh, comes. And then you have a choice. Once, you know, all this rain quits and it dries up out there a bit, then you could plant it. If you knew where you wanted to put it out in your garden, you could plant it. Or if you want to keep it as, try and keep it as a bonsai or something. Yes. Yeah. Well, then I'd go ahead. Uh, I think for right now, I just plant it in a, like a gallon pot. But then soon as we get some nice weather and you're ready to do it, you could transplant that into a cool bonsai pot. And um, just keep it outside. You're going to have to watch the watering on it. You can't let it dry out at all. But uh, And then you could keep working on it as a bonsai. You know, every few years, pull it out and cut the roots back, prune the top. And you may have a spectacular bonsai thanks to this Christmas this year. Yeah, I'm dying to get my bonsai wires out. Yeah, that's wonderful. You know, I love bonsai, but I'm not good at it because I'm just not patient enough. (laughs) (laughs) You got to be really patient to do that, you know, because you can't you can't try and make a bonsai look like it's 25 years old in one year. That's what I always try and do. Okay, so he's outside right now, and I'll uh, just transplant him a little bit, and it won't hurt him. No, and it won't. And if that, if there's no drainage in that pot he's in, so it sounds like it had cellophane around it, and probably there's no hole in the bottom of the styrofoam pot, get it out of there quick. Cause, I uh, did, yeah. Good, yeah. good, good, yeah, because it'll keep drown it in there. Moist? Huh? Keep it moist? Yeah, yeah, you want to keep it moist, uh, you know. So I really would, once you've transplanted I'd leave it right out in nature. Let let nature do its thing with one difference. And that, and especially if you put it in a bonsai pot pretty soon. If we do get freezing weather, stick it in the unheated garage just until the freezing weather quits and then bring it back out because I— uh, a plant sitting in a one-gallon pot is a sitting duck for uh, having its roots frozen, and that could kill it. It's so much different uh, when a plant's above ground than when it's planted in the ground, you know. So yeah. you got to watch out for that. And I, 
that's the thing. I have friends with big bonsai collections, and they do, they have some spectacular ones. But it's a lot of work having bonsai, and every time freezing weather's coming, they're moving them into the garage and bringing them back out, you know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, it's worth it, you know. They're really neat. Just don't let happen to what happened to my good friend D.C. D.C. worked with me at SU, and he had a great bonsai collection. And his roommate got a puppy, and the puppy ate Every one of his bone size in one no. day. Chewed the top off every one of them. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, that's about what he said. I recall. No. <laughs> he had a few other expletives in there, too. But uh, <laughs> So don't let that happen, whatever you do. Okay. Okay. Hey, listen, really nice to talk to you, Janet. Thanks so much for the call. Let me know how it goes with this baby cypress, okay? I just hate seeing these outdoor plants being sold in supermarkets and the indoors. and Yeah, oh. yeah, yeah. A lot of these are sold as Christmas, little Christmas trees and things. You got to get them out. They're not going to be happy in the house at all. No way. Okay, Janet, I got to run, but thank you so much for your call. Happy holidays. Bye-bye. Okay, so, hey, we're going to go to the news, and uh, when we come back, I'm hoping I'll get tons of phone calls to answer. Otherwise, I'll talk more about my great uh, uh, indoor uh, gift plants that uh, I showed on TV. Uh, so, hey, uh, one 973 cairo one 973 back after this, 97.3 Cairo FM. Ah, uh, yeah, you bet. Yeah, you betcha. We're back. And, uh, boy, you know, uh, it's kind of nice to hear that the rain might taper off a bit, not just for dog walkers and walkers like me. I walk, I try to walk at least six miles a day. <clears throat> but um, <clears throat> think of that, what the football game would have been like tomorrow if it was raining like this. Oh, my gosh. I, You know, I... I know a lot about the um, Mariners grass because I did some TV shows there with with Bob over there, the the head gardener. But I have never been on the uh, Seahawk field, and I don't know what the grass is like or anything, but I can't even imagine it would possibly drain fast enough in this kind of weather. So that would have been interesting, but it sounds like it might – Taper off. We'll see. You never know. Okay. Hey, Brian, I don't know who to, who called me here. So I'll find out in one second here. Mark and Bothell, thanks so much for calling, and uh, I'm popping you right on the air. Mark, hey, what do you got going on? Well, uh, I kind of turned uh, crazy here about a year ago, and I bought a whole bunch of camellias that bloom in winter. Uh-huh. And so uh, my question, though, is about gardenias, because oh. in buying all these camellias, I, I thought, gosh, did I miss out on buying gardenias? Because <laughs> I've always loved gardenias. So I was thinking, you know, maybe if I want to spend enough money and grow a hedge of gardenias, I'd do that if I could. But I have an ancillary question to that, is uh, um, uh, I, my indoor gardenia always drops it it's buds. It never yeah. comes to fruition. So it's kind of a two-part question. The bud dropping and can I grow a gardenia hedge outside in this Seattle area? 
you can definitely grow a gardenia hedge outside in the Seattle area. <clears throat> the first one, I can't remember quite the name of it, was somebody's hardy gardenia. And uh, it's done quite well here in certain conditions. Now there's new hardy gardenias that are coming out. So, um, and uh, what I would I would recommend number one is you want to buy those gardenias at a really quality nursery. So, uh, you're you're over in Bothell, are you? Or yes, I'm in Bothell. Bothell. So you could go over to um, Mallbacks, and what you want to do is talk to the experts there. Because now there's a few different kinds, and you're not going to buy these till spring. So you got time. You could do some searches on the web too. But here's the thing: they need really well drained soil. They need full sun, and they need acid soil. So uh, if you've got clay soil or anything, you're not going to have any luck with these gardenias in a million years. So you need a sunny spot. Uh, and so if you had really bad soil, you could even build the berm and put them up on top of that, do something like that. But you definitely must have well-drained soil. Then the other okay. thing is you're going to fertilize them only with organic rhododendron food. Now, there's a bunch of those out there. So at Maubax, they can help you pick a good one. And... Um, that won't burn the roots. It's easy to burn the roots of those. So then... Yeah, if, someone told me this monocote, this uh, unicote, monocote, a time release. Uh, anyway, go ahead. I'll make I sure. don't know what that uh, is, to be honest with you, but if it were me, I wouldn't Os- use that. I'm sorry, osmocote. Oh, osmocote. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that. Osmocote's great fertilizer. I'm not putting it down. But it's it's slow release, and it only releases its fertilizer in warm weather. It's not that that I'm, but I'm not saying don't plant, don't use that for that. I'm saying that if you accidentally put too much in or something, you could burn the roots of these gardenias oh. really easy. If you use organic rhododendron food, it's made for acid-loving plants. So it's going to make the soil just the right pH. The other thing is organic fertilizers, when you work them into the soil around your plants, uh, the, the plant can't use the fertilizer until the little microorganisms in the soil eat the fertilizer up. It goes through them, then very slowly gets uh uh, usable for the plants, so you can't burn your plants no matter what you do. It's a safe way to go, uh, and it works great. Would you recommend planting them with that mushroom fungus or whatever that plant no, powder? No, 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 because mushroom, uh, mushroom, um, uh, what do you call that? Uh, mushroom mulch or whatever it is. Mushroom compost is very alkaline. You would never, ever want to put that anywhere near your rhododendron, your camellias that you've got in your garden, and uh, any other blueberries and uh, gladiolas, or gardenias, I mean. You would not want that near your gardenias because that's going to make the soil way more alkaline. 
So Well, I've got a couple thousand dollars ready to buy a whole bunch of hardy gardenia wow. plants. I'm going to hop on over to Molebox and follow your advice. This good good for you. and Good for you. And, you know, I think this is going to work for you. And then mulch around the plants with something like uh, wood chips would be really good if you can get some of that. You can use compost, too, anything like that. But, uh, but if you use wood chips, move the wood chips out of the way and work your nice uh, organic fertilizer in and then put them back. But, uh, hey, I hope this works for you. God, think how fragrant that'll be. I know. I'm so excited, I'll tell you. Hey, and I'll tell you one last thing. And the, and the camellias, too. Oh, yeah. Winter-blooming camellias are fantastic. I've got Yuletide blooming at my house right now, and I see the anise oh, hummingbirds yeah. going to the flowers. Hey, and I do want to tell you one last thing. You don't have to worry about the buds falling off on your uh, gardenias outside. What happens is... The gardenias in the house need really high humidity, and they often get spider mites. And that combination, they just do horrible in the house. But outside, if they're happy, they do fantastic. So if you if if everything goes right, you're going to have the most fragrant, spectacular uh, hedge anybody's ever had. <laughs> well, I don't know about bragging rights, but sure love a gardenia head, Cisco. Thanks hey, a lot. Hey. And, uh, I really enjoy your show. Okay, and let me know how it goes sometime, okay? I will, Cisco. I will. All right. Hey, thanks a lot. Thanks for the call. Bye-bye. Hey, okay, we're going to take a break. We'll have time for at least one, maybe two calls when we come back. So I... Uh, you might get right in one triple eight nine seven three Cairo. We'll only allow one or two calls at the most. One triple eight nine seven three five four seven six ninety seven three Cairo FM. How did it get to be almost the end of the show already? Hey, Joan from Renton. Hey, I sure appreciate your call. Hi. Oh, hi. I'm here. Oh, great. Welcome. What you got going on? Well, I have a a fiddle leaf fig. Um, It's probably three feet tall. You know, it uh, it grows well and such, but the, the bottom leaves, Get uh, brown on the on the tips of the leaves, you know, brown yeah. to where they some of them die off. And I I was wondering if it was a watering problem or is this just something the plant does or I, what can you tell me? Well, you know, I, first of all, I love fiddle leaf figs with those great big leaves on there, you know, and they're one of the easier figs to grow. I find the problem is we bought those for Seattle U a lot, so we had a lot of indoor plants at Seattle University, and we had some really cool displays. <clears throat> the problem was fiddle leaf fig is one of the plants that, uh, and um, rubber trees did this. A lot of the lower leaves, they they wear out, basically. You know, plants are evergreen, but even though they're evergreen, leaves aren't. And so when you think about it, when that, when that, a fiddle leaf fig was just a teensy little plant. It had leaves all over it. As it grows and grows taller, 
Those first leaves that were on there when it was a baby plant, those wear out. They just get they just get too old. They can't really make food anymore or do much work. So the plant gets rid of them. And so the bottom ones over time tend to fall off because they were the very first ones that were on there. And so over time, what usually happens is as the plant grows, you have less and less leaves on the base of the tree. Now, as long as you can give it good light and um, and water careful, but I think you're watering perfect, it sounds like that to me, then that'll slow that process down. But it's going to happen no matter what. You're going to lose some of the lower leaves and, um, you know, there's... There's not a whole lot you could do about that except for just, uh, you know, you could put lights around the trunk at the bottom. <laughs> yeah, we had the same problem in Seattle. We had bare trunks on a lot of them, but what we would do is put other cool plants around them to kind of hide the trunk okay. a little. Right. But that's what I wondered if it was just the natural thing. I, my, my son sent me this plant as a little bit of a joke. In his office, he lives in Maine. In his office, he has like a, oh, at least a six or eight foot uh, avocado tree. Oh wow! And, uh, and we were and we were teasing and laughing about that. So lo and behold, he sends me this <laughs> big plant. And, and uh, neither one of them, are, neither one of them, are ever going to do anything but just you know just grow. They won't produce as such. But but no. that's how I that's how I got my my house doesn't. I don't have really. Good windows for light. I have it up on a on a plant stand in front of a window, so it gets as much light right now as I can produce for it. But it's fine. It's growing. It's, it's producing new leaves on top. So I guess it's I guess it's okay. Yeah, then it's doing perfect. And uh, you know, you don't want it in direct sunlight, just as bright spot as you can get it. So it sounds like you're doing perfect. And just one thing I will tell you: if the if the edge of the leaves <clears throat> on newer new leaves start turning brown, <clears throat> yeah. that, that's usually a problem caused by either too low humidity or sometimes it's caused by fluoride in the water. So if if oh. that if that happened a lot, what you could do is you could just use uh, distilled water to water it. It's a pain in the neck to do that, though, because you're always buying water yeah, I, and everything. I... For me... I, I, have just a, I, have a, I have a I have a quicker I have a quicker uh, solution to that one. <laughs> just cut the end of the leaf off. That's what we did in Seattle. You too. <laughs> that works plenty plant, good. Well, the whole plant will be will be gone. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that definitely works. I can tell you that much. So, well, listen, you gotta you gotta keep that plant alive just uh, to stick it to your kid for sending it to you like that. <laughs> I have to get it as tall as, uh, as his avocado. <laughs> that's a good idea. I think that's a really good idea. So, uh, well, listen, I think you're doing everything perfect. Don't fertilize it except for in spring. You could Once a month, you can give it a weak uh, formulation of uh, some kind of good soluble houseplant fertilizer. That'll make it really happy, And uh, uh, but only do that March through uh, the end of August. How about chicken soup? Does that work? Chicken soup is great. <laughs> hey, and but hey, I do have to warn you: if you talk to this plant, 
Make sure you yeah. tell it good stories because if they get bored, they drop all their bottom leaves right away. So oh, <laughs> watch out for good. that. <laughs> all right. I will do that. Thank you well, very much. Hey, thanks, Joe. That was a fun call. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay. All right. I got just a couple of minutes, so I'll, uh, I will regale you with uh, what plants I brought to New Day to beat Ed Hume in the contest. And uh, by the way, he cheated. He gave Mar- Margaret Larson a box of chocolate. She was the judge. So I was like, that's not fair. <laughs> but uh, hey, one of the plants I brought that I just love to tweet a lot of, it's called Stephanotis floribunda. It's a vine from Madagascar. They call it Madagascar jasmine. has really dark green leaves, could take quite a bit of shade. And... Uh, it's in my office right now, and it's on. The, it came on this kind of a loop, and it's a vine, and uh, it's covered with these white flowers. Are about an inch and a half long. Really pretty. They because uh, they contour, contrast beautifully with the dark green leaves, and fragrant as you can get. Smells just like jasmine. Now. My wife, Mary, it's in our office. We both work in the same office, which don't ever do that if you have a choice. Don't marry your manager either, but that's another story. (laughs) So she's like saying, that's kind of cloying. That smells too strong, you know. She's like, that's kind of cloying. But she really notices that kind of thing. Like I can't really have a lily a cut lily in in the house because it's too strong sometimes. It drives her nuts. But I swear to God, that Stephanota smells so good in there. It's unbelievable. And as soon as it's done blooming, I'm going to start watering less and less, almost let it go dormant. If it's, you know, if I pick up the pot and it's really light, I'm going to give it a drink. I'm not going to fertilize it till next spring. And then they normally bloom in summer, so I'm going to start fertilizing it in the spring. Probably won't bloom this first year. I'll let it go pretty dry in the winter. Next year, I'll have it as an outdoor, uh, just in a summer plant because it's not hardy. And uh, But it'll just be spectacular out in my summer garden, potted up out there. So it's going to be fantastic. So that that was one of the coolest ones I brought. Another one I brought is Vresia, um, Vresia, what was that thing? Uh, Vresia splendens. They call it flaming sword. It's a bromeliad with a beautiful red flower and beautiful dark uh, uh, spotted foliage. Why would I give that as a gift plant to someone who murders plants? Because it's going to die as soon as it's done blooming, no matter what. So you could tell the person, you're not going to feel guilty at all. You could just throw it in the compost pile because it's going to die anyway. Okay, that's a great plant, by the way. The flowers last for two months. Okay, this show's biting the bullet right here. So, Brian, thank you as always, my good friend. Hey, everybody, enjoy the holidays. And I uh, can't wait to be back with you soon. And whatever you do, serve lots of Brussels sprouts on Christmas. And don't forget to uh, eat lots of them. See you next week. Bye.